Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey guys, Indy was feeling pretty salty this week, so be warned, we do swear in this episode. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter two of Cold Fire. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's drink tea the wrong way. In chapter two... Daja goes to talk to Frostpine about Jory's magic, only to find out he has a predicament of his own. Frostpine has been asked by the Magistrate's Mage, Haluda Salt, to help track down a counterfeiter who is using illusion magic to make gold coins out of brass, which is serious business because bad coinage can sink an empire. Daja tells Frostpine she thinks Jory is an ambient cook mage, and he tells her she will be responsible for teaching both Jory and Nia because they're twins. And that means they both have magic. After this, we get the usual kerfuffle with Dasha going, what? Teaching? To which Frostpine blames himself for thinking he'd have more time. And also says, remember, I told you when you got your medallion that mages pay back their education by teaching. So apparently someone mentioned something. No one took that part to heart or at face value. (laughs) No one paid attention, I think. They were just excited for the medallions, man. Exactly. If you graduated high school at 13 and someone was like, well, now you have to teach kids in the future. Would you really be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, adult me will worry about that. Daja doesn't know what Nia's magic is. Frostpine suggests she make a sc- makes a scrying device and she doesn't want to. And then he's like, well, you can get somebody else to do it. But then that'll make you look bad because it'll look like you don't have the ability to do that. And Daja doesn't like that either. So they spend a couple minutes debating whether or not magic is a good thing. Daja retires to her room and makes a living metal mirror. 
Then she goes and she tells Cole and Matazi about the girls, gets Nia to look into the scrying mirror, and learns she has a gift for carpentry. So now we have cooking and carpentry. Third word shows up in chapter three. Spoiler. <laughs> Fortunately, there are plenty of cook mages and carpentry mages in Kukisko. And Matazi promises to make Daja a list of them and give her a chauffeur to take her through the city so she can go meet all of the different cook mages and carpentry mages and help find a good mage for the teachers. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. What did you guys like and dislike about this chapter? When Frostpine is sitting really close to the fire. Yes. <laughs> I feel that. Daja tells him that you'll set yourself on fire if you move any closer to the hearth. And he said, then I'll die warm. Like, I feel that. I hate winter so goddamn much. And I will die happy and warm if I sit really close to the fire <laughs> while it's winter as well. I like that they brought back the Saruku. Or- the survival box. Yeah. yeah, the survival box. And she made it her uh, mage's kit box. Which was so awesome. I love that so much. I do too. It's such a good way to like carry around something that her family made to save her life. And like using that to carry around your stuff as you're moving forward. Mm -hmm. It's super meaningful and super sweet. Super meaningful. I love it. But at the same time, I feel like her family would be like, we didn't make this for mages. And you're being a mage. Her family would have been real mad about it, but I, oh, yeah. I genuinely think that it is one of the best things that they that she could do with it because yeah. it gives her an excuse to bring it with her. It's not just an empty box that yeah. she just taking up room. This is something that moving forward, she's able to use it as like a she's bringing both of her worlds together which is nice exactly she she's able to use it for something productive and still keep it there as kind of a for lack of a better term a security blanket speaking of blankets my next one is where she is enveloped in her own magic and she compares it to a favorite blanket when she was a child. I love that so much because Daja doesn't seem like the type who would carry around a blanket. I know, right? When they were talking about some of Cole and Frostpine's past, where apparently Frostpine used to have a thing with Cole's wife before Cole and wife got together, which is crazy. Right. Really? Um, are we surprised? No, not really. This Frost- is Frostpine. It's Frostpine. <laughs> he likes the ladies. And he yeah. is, in fact, a ladies' man. He really is. Maybe I that's wonder why he wants it's... to be a dancing girl. I was going to say, I wonder if it's the dancing girl moves that he had that attracted them. Oh, I'm so. sure it is. I believe that. Oh, I yeah. Believe that. Yeah. And then my last one is when Daja kisses him on the head before she goes to bed. His like, bald, kisses, bald head. His bald head. His bald crown. That is so fucking sweet. We talk about how, oh, Lork is everyone's mom. Mm-hmm. And Rosethorn is almost strictly Briar's mom. Mm-hmm. But we don't talk about the cool uncle void that Frostpine filled. Because <laughs> yes. I, I don't, I don't think she thinks of him as a dad. I think she thinks of him as that cool uncle 
but I completely disagree. I feel like from the beginning, Frostpine and Kirill and Daja were the little Forge family with Kirill as the older brother and Frostpine as the dad. And I feel like there are moments where Frostpine acts very fatherly toward her. Well, I mean, but that's the thing is like, I have an uncle that's the same way. When I was growing up, he was the cool uncle. But then he would have fatherly advice every now and then. Yeah. My uncle Patrick was an interesting dude. Was a (laughs) cop. So now I don't trust him. But, you know, I love Dodge's observation on Frostpine's hair. In pure defiance, he keeps it long everywhere else. And I just love that because that would be me. If I was a man and could pull that off, I totally would just have long hair literally everywhere if I went bald on top. You should do a comb over and just like... No. See, that's <laughs> that's just hiding the truth. And it never looks good. It never does. No, it doesn't. Um, it would look so good. Just little, like li- short on this side really long. I love the full conversation of Daja going, are you sure you can catch him? That goes all the way down to, uh, is it my fault he disliked criticism? <laughs> Just that whole, I, I like getting little flashes back. Like that's what is going on in the four years we haven't seen them. I love those little tidbits. And I think we see a lot more of it in this book than we do anywhere else. I hate it when you take a year to walk a mile. (laughs) We read this as our excerpt for this chapter, but the conversation of, aren't you happy? Aren't you happy you're a mage? Then sometimes being the answer. There's such a depth to that. We know ultimately magic is what saved Dodge's life. If she hadn't had magic, she wouldn't have been able to survive the shipwreck that killed everyone in her family. If she didn't have magic, Nika wouldn't have found her. If she didn't have magic, her being banished would be a death sentence. And so like we we see multiple instances of where magic has shaped her future and has saved her time and time again. But it's also that if I didn't have magic, I would have died with my family and I wouldn't miss them so much, which is kind of morbid for a 14 year old to be thinking. But I, I can say with utmost certainty, that's survivor's guilt at its finest i also have a lot of feelings about the new description of our trader staff because the last time we saw it it was two brass bare ends and then everything that she'd done is now suddenly on there and it's a big deal it's a symbol of moving on. The fact that daja is actively taking in the fashion designs of all of these different peoples that she's visiting just so she can tell Sandry about them. I love that. I think that's just so, it shows how much they've grown over these years that they've been together and how much they actually just miss each other and want to be like, I saw this thing and it made me think of you, or I saw this thing and it made me think of you. I don't know. Like I do that a lot. Like when I go places, I'll see something and I'll be like, oh, this makes me think of Brittany or, oh, hey, this makes me think of Molly or you know, or whatever it is. Like if I just go anywhere and I see a thing, like it's just like, ah, this person would really like this. There was a lot here. 
I really, really enjoyed. Dodge is my favorite character, so I'm glad we got this whole book is going to be this. Indy brought it up. The fact that there's little bits of world building for like what Daja and Frostpine have done beyond just like big stuff. When there was a child stealing all of Frostpine's tools and he couldn't <laughs> figure out who it was. But it was a child. <laughs> you know how sneaky children are when they're committing crimes. I love that Daja is the one who figured it out. Yeah, and she had to do something she wasn't good at, you know, scrying, trying to figure out how to, you know, what what was going on. And yeah, it's a literal child, and the (laughs) adult Smith Mage could not figure that out. That's okay. It's not like back in the day when it was yes sir, no sir to all the teachers and kids. (laughs) The the students would respect their teachers. It's not that doesn't happen anymore. I really liked Dodge's little finger twiddle to represent magic uh, when she's describing Jory putting magic into the sauce and fixing it. I, I just love Dodge and Frostpine's relationship of like, he's like trying to lead her and like poke at her and be like, hey, this is this is what's going on and this is how you should do it without just telling her. He's still a, her, her teacher, so he wants her to figure it out, even though, you know, she would prefer to just be told what to do. Cole and Matazi, they took learning that their twins had magic very well. Compared to everyone else and their magic stuff, they usually didn't take it very well. But even the kids seem to have taken it pretty well, too, you know? It wasn't this instant rejection or, oh, magic's bad, you know? It's just, oh, yeah, that's magic is a thing and we're, we're, we got it, apparently. A dislike which we've already touched on at some point before. Brown people described with food. Talked about writing with color, uh, the, their Tumblr brog, and you know stuff you can um, use to describe people without invoking food, like saying her skin was brown. That that's always a good one. But you know, it, it was a different time back then, I guess. <laughs> The arranged marriages. I don't think that arranged marriages are cool. Kind of a weird thing to do to your kid. But I understand that, you know, different cultures have different expectations of how this sort of stuff should be done. And here, they at least take into consideration who the children might want to be married with, I guess. So I did some research on arranged marriages for a poem that I wrote. I'm not going to go into that. But from what I've read, that was actually fairly common. If somebody had a specific person who they wanted to marry, that the parents actually did try to make it happen. So. I, I It wasn't like always a purely monetary decision, I guess. Right. Okay. Well, there, that, that's the thing is typically with more families, um, they did try both making the pairing something that would be relatively happy but also beneficially like helpful for both parties like goodwin i really enjoyed a lot of the the world building so i feel like i finally got a good feel for like how like finding magic or spotting magic works some specific line that i was like oh i get it people who the girls refer to as the magic sniffers they find the magic that is inside you only ambient mages use magic from like around them and sort of pull it into them so they don't necessarily have the magic inside them which is why they're harder to find and then it sounds kind of like ambient magic is genetic like being able to use that magic 
is genetic, but how you do it is shaped by your own interests. Also the twins thing. Yes, the twin thing as well. It's not like a power system or anything, right? But like, I, I guess it would make sense that twins would both have magic since they're genetically identical, right? Yeah, I was going to say, if it's genetic, that would explain why... If you're identical twins, you both have magic. It does state within the uh, chapter itself that they both come by it naturally. But because of the fact that they both come by it naturally, the fact that it is two very different magics also makes sense. Like, (laughs) there are two different types of twins. And I think that it is stated that they are identical, not fraternal, which is a little weirder, but I guess magic is kind of one of those things. It doesn't necessarily follow specific rules, but yeah, no, like with it being a a, a genetic thing, like I'm going to be honest, this is one of those things. It makes me really interested to see kind of where down the line, say someone like Sandry or Daja had magic because Sandry doesn't have that information. I mean, she's a noble. She should ha- she has all of this information, but there's no real, oh, I got it from my great aunt Beatrice twice removed on my father's side. Daja's family is like, we don't talk about magic. No, never. And so she definitely has no clue of where it came from. And then with Briar, there's no telling because we know literally nothing about his past. And with uh, Triss, it's obvious that magic runs in the family. She has multiple family members that have been to Lightsbridge, including her cousin. But we don't see any of them being weather witches. I suppose this should be on the recap episode, so remind me there. That I just want to see a family tree of how magic kind of disperses through the lines. Posco too, because he has dancing magic and his family's like, oh, dancing magic. No, you can't earn a living off of that. So Why would anybody so- use dancing magic? Right. And, and like, so and obviously somebody in his family had to have had it too. Or had Maybe. some type of magic similar enough. And I mean, it, they do talk about how that they have some harrier mages in their family. But it's never stated what kind of magic they had to make them suitable to be a harrier as a mage. Well, I think that partially goes back into the academic versus ambient magic thing. Um, This is true. Because I get the impression that harrier mages are usually academic mages. Which does make a lot of sense. If they didn't have that magic in their family tree, did it mold into what they were interested in? But I think since it is ambient magic, maybe that would explain that. This is is a lot. (laughs) I mentioned when we read Magic Steps, Tamara Pierce has this other series in her Tortal books which is about Provost's guard, who's, they're called the dogs. The the Harriers feel almost like a test run for that series. And book two of that series has to do with counterfeiting. And I had completely forgotten about the counterfeiting plotline in this book. So I was like, ah, this feels like another test run for the Becca Cooper trilogy. You You can see the inspiration for it. Yeah, including the fact that Frostpine uses the phrase sniff him out like a hound and mm-hmm. book two in that series is called Bloodhound because that's the whole point. Interesting. I like the line 
Frostpine seemed to need to ensure each of his nails was clean. Not looking at her at all. Uh, But I thought that Brittany would appreciate the fact that he actually admits that he was wrong. He's like, yeah, I probably should have spent more time hitting that one over the head. I just figured you probably weren't going to get a student for another couple years. Uh, Him looking at his nails kind of reminds me of the first book when Nico is trying to get Briar to do what he wants. Yes. Indy hates the way that they drink tea in this scene. I don't like the the changing clothes thing. Changing your clothes That's for dinner. also fucking stupid. Mm, time <laughs> I, to put I, on I, my I, dinner clothes. I, I detest changing my clothes for anything during the day. I understand if you work a particularly laborious job, like my dad, like my biological dad was a construction worker. So he came home covered in metal shavings, putty that they use to hold things together. Like he smelled like fire. He would go, I'm immediately going to go take a shower and change clothes as soon as I get home. That's different. That is a completely different thing. If you work out in a field or if you work some kind of manual labor in which you stink and your clothes are fucking disgusting, Go take a shower and then go eat. Because no, really, that's rough. Especially if you're eating with other people and they start smelling you and they're like, oh, you smell gross. But I don't see the purpose of going, oh, well, it's 6.30, dinner starts at 7, I'm just gonna take off my clothes that I literally did nothing but lounge around the house in all day and put on clothes that I'm probably going to do nothing but eat dinner in. It doesn't make sense. Do you know how much of a waste that is? That is a waste of clothes. That is a waste of water because you have to wash those clothes. That is a waste of soap. I really want the girls to meet Tris because she was a merchant's daughter. And I feel like they would have lots of weird merchant's daughter stories to like bond over. I wonder if Tris would have been in an arranged marriage if she would have got disowned, basically. That's a good question. I love Jory with when her mom says manners and he's like, please say what you were doing. And then I thought Goodwin would really like their knowledge of mercury is quite advanced yeah for making mirrors and stuff that was (laughs) uh i didn't write that one down but it was cool and then finally i just really like how every student situation is totally different so we have sandry with pasco whose family is all upset because they're like oh you can't be a dancer you have to be a cop and then we have evie who has no family anyway and then we have Nia, jo- Nia and Jory. Not only are they twins, but then their family has been already mentioned. Took it a whole lot better. <laughs> Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Our two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find? Tradition and breaking of it. We see the disgusting tradition of eating, of drinking tea with sugar and shit in your teeth. Disgusting. Daja breaks that tradition and is like, Fucking no, gross. gross. Why the fuck would I do that? Y'all are freaks. Disgusting. She also makes a scrying mirror, which I don't think was a thing before that right people would scry using liquids and bowls and stuff but she made a multi-use mirror which is really fucking useful easy to use apparently it's pretty a pretty cool upgrade in the scrying game if you know what i'm saying i wrote take the good with the bad we talk about magic here and how the daja talks about how her magic was good for her but also she discovered her magic at the same time that she lost her whole family and then the girls obviously there's some talk about this is going to change how we arrange marriages and this could be a problem Nia of course is really upset because she's like now I'll never find a husband because who wants a carpenter wife until her parents are like ah shipbuilders shipbuilders there's that one boy that you like his family would probably love a carpenter's wife. Mine is Discovery. Daja discovers that she has to be a teacher. Then she also discovers a way to make a scrying mirror. And she discovers twins magic as well. Mine is also kind of on innovation. With Daja especially, she's having to discover a way to make an object to tell magic that is appropriate for her. And going through all of the past attempts that Nico has forced her through and she's like okay this isn't working that didn't work that didn't work this is bullshit I fucking hate this it doesn't work okay here's an idea she goes with it and it works and it's so cool like okay listen this is possibly one of the coolest methods in any fantasy novel I have seen about how to scry because most of them are pretty mundane it's a pool of water that you look into that tells you the fucking future or it's some crystal ball that you look into and it tells the fucking future this is a goddamn hand mirror like it is so cool part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage 
This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? Don't beat around the goddamn bush. Just fucking say what you want to say. Goddamn, dude. But how will you learn if you don't figure it out yourself? And when else am I going to find time to clean my fingernails? (laughs) Um, I'm going to say something that's going to piss everyone off. Follow customs when you're in a strange place. Mm, no, no i'm not going to be i'm not going to be mad about that because i do feel like that means you'd have to drink the tea with the sugar on your teeth well that's okay i will refuse to do that but i will follow the custom of changing clothes every five minutes i, I don't Frost, break one custom to follow another listen you can't just pick and choose the customs that you want to do yes i can pretty sure you Watch can me. this one's gonna be like i don't want it to be as serious as it's gonna sound so i'm gonna like omit some stuff i guess mine actually happened this morning my personal magic is that the gods like to make a man feel unprepared i saw a car wreck this morning down the main road in uh, our town this guy was driving like literally 80 miles per hour in like a 40 he uh, was going so Robbie fast i saw the aftermath of that accident so i was yeah. there the dude drove past me and he was going so fast my car like shook like when you're on the highway passing the semi and i'm yeah. in a big fucking truck like it's a big fucking truck and he shook my fucking truck like a trailer yeah. drove past but he was going so fast and by some miracle he you know i don't want to i don't know who that person was or what was going on but they were they slammed into the side of a trailer and i'm just like i drove like up to it maybe like 20 seconds after it happened i stopped i called the police and and by some miracle the guy had hit a trailer instead of some person some innocent person's car right this morning when i left the house i did not bring my daily carry bag that i always carry with me that has a bunch of like trauma supplies medicine splints tourniquets medical emergency stuff and i did not bring that with me today and it's like super rare that i ever forget to bring that with me that's not gonna happen again like there's no way i'm gonna leave the house without that now because like seeing that accident don't feel that there was anything i could have done other than stop call the police and give them like an exact location of where the accident was and this i i've been having some really conflicting feelings about this today because it's just been like going through my mind but i probably should have stopped to do something to help but like i just i i didn't and i don't necessarily feel good or bad about it because this person was endangering other people's lives and i i didn't want to get involved i guess like if he had hit someone else's car and i saw them injured or something i would have stopped even if i didn't have anything on me to help it essentially became like a single person crash and i just didn't seeing how he was swerving around car how this person was swerving around cars i didn't feel the immediate need to stop and try to get him out of the car or something i i didn't i don't know i feel like maybe i should have done more but everyone that i've talked to has told me that like i didn't do anything wrong but i feel like i should have done more 
but then I think of how they were endangering other people, so maybe I shouldn't have. So I, I don't, I don't know. It's been like a weird ethical conundrum thing. But the, I, the, the... I, I understand both points of your, uh, your statement of I didn't have the stuff and I wasn't prepared, but I still feel like I should have done something, and yet I did, I did nothing. But Robbie and Gaia both saw the same accident. Everybody was fine. They weren't fucked up. And the two people that had the trailer were kind of off to the side. They call, I'm almost certain they were either on the phone with the the insurance company at the time. I'm not sure. I wasn't there, so I can't make 100% guesses. But yeah, they apparently were super chill. They didn't look like they were going to just ring this man out, which I mean, I probably would have, but you know, that's just me because I'm a hateful person. So it's, it's, I guess what if is... you, they wouldn't have been all right. What if they had been I'm sure? Yes, they were all okay. But what if they weren't? And yeah. Just well, that person. yeah. Just, it's, it... I know that a lot of us do things that are fucked up. I know there's days that I'm in a rush to get to work. I don't care. I'm like, gonna speed. And we all have days like that, I'm sure. And I would still appreciate someone to help me when I fuck up well apparently like there were a handful of people stopped it wasn't just the person who hit the trailer and the two guys who were driving the trailer but yeah no it's it's one of those like it does suck to be unprepared for situations like this especially when you usually are like I also have a bag that's like just full of first aid stuff bandages antiseptic all of that stuff that's needed in case of an emergency but like I guess good when I'm trying to set your mind at ease dude was fine he walked away two people in the trailer didn't look like they were going to absolutely murder him my my thing was like if i if the guy hadn't driven literally right next to my car so like negligently and run a red light like before the accident i don't know maybe i would have done something different it's been a weird it's it's been on my mind all day and i don't know i still don't know how i feel about it yeah long story short i'm never leaving the house without my fucking shit again when frost pines tells daja that she's got to teach and she's like i'm busy though i got things to do want to not be that way and oh that's a move though I'm busy too. I have shit to do. I also have kids and I got to teach them as well. Even though I'm busy, I got to teach people whether I like it or not. Mine is uh, so they come by it naturally. And this is something I mentioned earlier about nature versus nurture. I know within myself, I have had an interesting upbringing the more and more I interact with my biological mother I'm like oh my god why am I so much like her I wasn't with her for the from the ages of like 9 to 20 I wasn't around her I was around someone else and then like at 20 I was like oh that's kind of weird I'm kind of like her since we've been back in contact for those last few years I'm like oh my god, I am just like her. It's really weird that it doesn't quite matter how the nurture factors in if the nature does ultimately take over. Because ultimately, I am my mother's daughter, and it's fucking weird, and I hate it. But amen. I don't want to be like her. I want to not be 
come by naturally because I have very strong feelings about my biological mother, one of which includes she's super homophobic and I am super fucking gay. So (laughs) this is why my baby sister is never allowed to listen to this podcast, not just because I say fuck a lot, but because the fact that I'm super gay and I'm not ashamed to say I am super gay. But while we do come by things naturally, I do feel we also need to be able to change those habits in which are, I don't want to say genetically acquired, but sort of genetically acquired, if that makes sense. Like personalities and traumas of our parents trickle down into our own lives on a daily basis. My biological mother is terrified of men. And while I have my own reasons to have a massive distrust of men, I have people like Goodwin and TK in my life who time after time after time prove that not every human being that I come across is that kind of person. And it is a nature versus nurture. And I think that sometimes our nature needs to be broken and cast aside and fed more by nurture. And I really personally feel like I need to appreciate those people who lend to a nurture side rather than the nature side of things who don't live up to the expectations that my nature has left for them to understand that every person is different and that people will always upset your expectations. I have good people in my life. If I followed my nature, I feel like I wouldn't have allowed those people in my life and I think I need to continue doing that we like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter so this is excerpt from chapter three of cold fire the blind girl whirled away from the window hands before her questing who is it who are you she coughed helplessly Not important, Daja said, and hacked a puff of smoke from her own throat. As a byproduct of fire, smoke wasn't as dangerous to her as it was to others, but it was an annoyance that would clog her lungs until she got rid of it. Cover as much of you as as you can with this. She handed the girl the wet blanket. My birds, Gruja cried. Daja Daja saw the cage in the corner. Leave them, she snapped. The girl opened her mouth, then shut it, and swallowed hard. Tears ran down her sooty cheeks, leaving pale tracks. If she had argued, Daja might have abandoned the birds. Instead, Gruja's mute acceptance twisted Daja's heart. As Gruja draped the wet wool over her head, Daja seized the cage by its wire handle and laid her hand flat on top. Her power coursed through thin wire bars, wrapping cage and terrified occupants in her magic, holding air inside, fire outside. Gripping the cage in one hand, Daja took Gruja's blanket in the other. Can you stay right behind me? Daja shouted at the area where the girl's ear must be. The sodden wool cocoon nodded. Gruja stuck a hand out. Daja pulled Gruja's free arm around her own waist. Carefully, she led the way down the hall. The blaze had reached this floor. It mumbled cheerfully in the rooms around the stairwell. Daja thrust it back first, then the flames that began to test the stair itself. In a tunnel of fire, they descended to the ground floor. Daja stretched her power through the kitchen and beyond, seeking a better escape route. There was none. 
the fire had reached the storeroom at the back of the house. She felt it feed on exploding jars of oil. The rear half of the building was in flames. It was the front door or nothing. She wrapped Gruja's hands around her waist, feeling the sodden blanket soak the back of her shirt and trousers. Daja set the bird's cage at her feet, then beckoned to streamers of rippling flame. The fire came eagerly, curling around her arms, sniffing at her clothes. Daja gripped its strands firmly before it found the less protected girl at her back. The ceiling above them groaned. Swiftly, Daja wove fiery strands, shaping the blaze as a tube made of flame net. When she thrust the tube wide and high between her and the door, it pushed away the flames in walls and ceiling to open a path. Only a handful of fiery tendrils reached through holes in the net to threaten the two girls. Daja picked up the cage in her left hand and walked forward. She used her right hand to weave escaping bits of flame into the net over her head to make it stronger and tighter. The ceiling collapsed. The roof of her tunnel sagged. Clumps of plaster dropped through two wide spaces in her net, but the rest of it held the weight of the upper floor. The front door was still an opening filled with a sheet of fire. That part fought her, strengthened by the wind outside, but Daja was in no mood to be nice. She was willing to let this fire continue because someone had invited it here, but it could not be allowed to delay her. She gripped cords of fire in the door and began to weave again, pulling flame threads tight, yanking them ruthlessly into a fiery square. Once done, she thrust it ahead of her like a shield. It bulged out through the doorway, bubble-like. Daja felt the blaze surge. Under her, the floor sagged. She turned, bent, then thrust up from her knees, draping Gruja over her shoulder. With the other girl's head and feet just inches from the flames, Daja strode outside with her and the birdcage. As they crossed the threshold, the floor where they had stood dropped into the cellar with a roar. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. <laughs> Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or tell us what you think by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. Find all of our episodes at readingcircletemple.com and find more sound clips by following the Reading Circle Temple on SoundCloud. Never miss a post by following Reading Circle on Tumblr. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Facebook and join the Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. See our cats by following Reading Circle Temple on Instagram. Or you can tweet at us at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. If you like their art, follow Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our music. Find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Can you imagine the stains that they have on their teeth? Like, do you know how hard it is not only to get tea stains off your teeth? Now, you add putting sugar directly onto your teeth (laughs) or cherry preserves directly on your teeth. You are going to have bloody looking teeth. That's fucking disgusting. Fucking gross. Like, why would you do this? I want to be able to taste the flavors of my teeth because if I put fucking sugar on my teeth, and then drink this tea. I'm going to taste literally none of that. All it's going to taste like is sugar. That's it. I'm sorry. How, I feel how do you really passion- feel about this? I feel really passionate about this. Please don't <laughs> fuck up your teas. If you have to put cherry preserves against your teeth in order to consume your tea, 
try another fucking tea because that tea is not goddamn cutting it for you. I can continue to go on about how wrong these people are drinking their tea. Josh is well, the only fucking sensible one in this whole situation. No, she no. has Matazi also doesn't do it. Okay, yeah, true. But okay, yeah. <laughs> you're two rational I'm fucking, fucking human crying beings. over here. That's it. Two <laughs> rational human beings who even like said, "Oh, let's make this a trend." Who, who, who was like? I've got a great idea. Let's consume tea, but put the sugar that is supposed to go in the tea against our tea. You're asking for fucking cavities, my guy. That's nasty. Like, have you ever just eaten sugar? It's disgusting. Like, like it makes your teeth feel, oh, I have feelings Stop. about this. I, I'm sorry. You don't say. You don't say. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.